1: Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
0: Right now for a wonderful holiday interlude and a send off for me anyway, because I'm on my way to Boca in an hour. Governor, Ned Lamont joining us right now on the line. If you want to say hello, ask a question, a comment, 203-333-9422 is our number. Governor Lamont, it's been ages since I've seen you. Hello.
2: Judge Wexler,
0: it's good to be back. Well, thank you very much. And I really want to thank you for, for opening up the governor's mansion to such a lovely cocktail party with the press. It was so nice. I had never been there before. It was really a treat for me.
2: Yeah, Lisa, it's been a long time, and um, Dan Malloy did that. Then we had COVID. Things got interrupted, and it was really nice. Um, really, everybody came with their families. So, uh, and thank you for being there.
0: Oh, it was so much fun. So, Governor Lamont, what do you do for the Christmas holidays? What's on your agenda?
2: I got Emily, Lindsay, Teddy, and one new son-in-law, Donnie, all coming um, the next uh, day or two, and uh, we'll be hanging out together for a few days, and Annie and I are going to relax.
0: You have a new son-in-law in in the family? That's a big mazel tov. That's huge. (laughs) Wow. Yep. Wow.
2: um, They were going to get married, uh, um, you know, back two and a half years ago. Then with COVID interrupting, everything got uh, interrupted. But um, we had a really nice engagement party and a really nice uh, small ceremony in the last um, year and six months. So off we go. She's 35. Great stuff.
0: Oh, that's nice. And you're not a grandpa yet?
2: No, but Annie is ready.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Now I know how Annie feels. I was talking with Senator Blumenthal. He's got four and he's not a grandfather yet. He better start working on it. I think Cynthia is (laughs) probably chomping at the bit. Yes. None of us can rush anybody, but we're all ready. Exactly. I feel the same way, by the way. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. When they're ready, I'll be ready. So, Governor you Lamont, I, wa- I wanted to ask you about something. I'm going to go right into it because the families in Westport got a really upsetting letter yesterday from Superintendent Tom Scaris about the fact that, um, that something looking like candy, which wasn't candy, which was a drug, we're assuming marijuana, was left on a school bus and some kids ate it and got very sick, middle school kids and uh, a letter was sent home to the parents alerting them that children should no longer ever eat candy and chocolate and anything could be laced with anything. And I want to know in this brave new world that we're entering into of recreational legal marijuana, are we in the state of Connecticut going to take another look at allowing the sale of products like gummy bears that can – you know, be masqueraded that can mask as candy, but that really contain the psychoactive substance. I want to know if we're going to take another look at our law.
2: I think we're very strict on that. And anything that could uh, potentially uh, appeal to um, an underage user, uh, a kid um, is not going to be allowed. And that's why I think it's really important that we have a strict regulated market because, you know, it hasn't even been legal yet. You see, um, all the fentanyl that's out there right now laced into a whole variety of different products. You just mentioned um, some candy-like products. This is all the you know, illegal black market doing this, and um, we got to make sure that a regulated market puts that out of business.
0: I think you're really going to have a challenge to do that. It was my impression—so maybe I'm wrong—it was my impression that marijuana could be legally sold looking like a brownie or looking like candy. Is that not the case?
2: Uh, they're very strict on age requirements. They're very strict on packaging. Um, I think they're pretty strict on um, things that uh, masquerade as candy. I got to check that. Uh, but you're right. I think um, there be, will be, you know, brownies or other variety of things over time that maybe are sold, but sold in a strictly regulated market, un- unlike the, um, you know, street corner market which is permeating your s- communities right now.
0: I think we're going to have to, I mean, we've let the genie out of the bottle. We're going to see how it all sort of sprinkles around. But I really want to see Connecticut uh, with a very strong public uh, public education campaign about the dangers of marijuana. I I understand that it has some benefits for some people, and I get that. But it also induces psychosis in a lot of people, and it's not good for our young people. And nobody disagrees about that. It's not good for our young people.
2: Um, Absolutely. I'm with you 100%. The only thing I'd say is um, I think the genie's out of the bottle um, many years ago. And sadly, that was the underground market that was so dangerous. And uh, I've got to do everything I can to have a healthier, safer, regulated market.
0: We're chatting with Governor Ned Lamont, 203-333-9422 is our number. So in this, uh, as you're thinking about wrapping up this year, it's been a big year. Congratulations on your re-election. Um, It's been a really big year. What are you proudest of in this last 2022 in terms of what you've done in leading our state?
2: I'm proudest of the fact that um, people believe, and I think the election reflected that, that the state has uh, turned a corner and we're making progress. And um, I love the fact that, um, <clears throat> you know, it wasn't red towns and blue towns uh, that Connecticut was pretty purple and we worked together and it's not every day that, uh, <clears throat> you know, new Britain and um, new Canaan vote the same way. <clears throat> I'm, I'm proudest of the fact that we were lurching from fiscal crisis to fiscal crisis for decades. And, you uh, Now we're arguing a little bit about a surplus and uh, how we can uh, continue to work on balanced budgets going forward, making the investments we need.
0: Yeah, that's that's actually a lot. If you would have predicted in the latter days of the Malloy administration that just a few years later we would be talking about record rainy day fund and budget surplus and even floating the idea of reducing the income tax because we don't necessarily need to raise all that money – I think people would have said that that was a pipe dream, that that could never happen.
2: Um, yeah, it's fragile. We could be facing a recession, so you got to pay attention to this. But the good news is we haven't done it, Lisa, by trimming any of our commitments to people. And uh, what we've done in terms of data, what we've done in terms of uh, education, especially coming out of the COVID, what we're doing in terms of workforce to make sure people have the very best opportunity can step up in life, get a better career, get a raise. Um, I'm really proud that we're maintaining our commitments there.
0: Hey, Governor Lamont, you know that um, in my other life, you know, I'm a probate judge. So unfortunately, I'm very steeped in uh, the workings of our mental health system. And I just want to make a pitch for you as you go back. This is a policy wonk thing. But, you know, we have this 211 number. And it's intended to be a centralized way that people can call to get a bed in a homeless shelter. But the problem is that for the hospitals, they're wasting too much time because they used to be able to call the homeless shelter directly and know if there was a bed for a safe discharge for a patient, but they can't do that anymore. And I get complaints all the time from the, the people that are working in our, in our local mental health hospitals That it's taking too much of their workday to call this 211 system. So I know that that's very specific and particular, but I'm hoping that since I'm talking to the governor of the state, that you can go back and try and put somebody on this to correct this problem.
2: Let let me take a look at that with uh, Lisa Temper Bates, who runs United Way, which manages uh, 211 for us. Um, What I like about it is we have all these programs for people, Lisa. You know, access to the homeless shelter, access to job training, um, access to energy assistance. But people have a hard time figuring out how to navigate it, where to go. So we tried to make two one one is the go-to spot to make it simpler, quicker, and easier for people. But to your bigger point, when it comes to a homeless shelter, make sure they get an answer on the phone, whether that means directing that person right to the local homeless shelter that has, um, you know, extra space. That's what we gotta make sure we facilitate.
0: Well, in any event, maybe there's a workaround that healthcare providers don't have to call two one, that maybe two one is available for the general public, but healthcare providers they don't have that much time in the day. And it's really frustrating for them. So maybe there can be you know how you know how when you call your doctor, you know, it's line two if you're a physician and it's line three for everybody else. Maybe maybe there's something like that because right now they feel that they're pulled into a system that's wasting too much of their time. I'm just letting you know. Just letting you know. Fair point. Let's look into it. All right. We're chatting with Governor Ned Lamont. I've got a, a question for you from Diane from Norwalk. Hi, Lisa. Can you ask the governor about recent news reports that municipal term limits are not allowed under state statutes? I think virtually every elected position should be subject to term limits. Do you know about this?
2: I do not. I mean, I, um, and I don't think that's true. I, there may be some municipalities and towns that have said we want term limits, but there's certainly no state statute there. And um, every community has the right to do it their own way. Um, so um, and I, I think that's true in Norwalk, but I'm not positive, Diane.
0: Okay. Two oh three 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 nine four two two. We're chatting with Governor Ned Lamont. So Governor Lamont, so you're gonna be with family, you're gonna be with Annie. What are some of your Christmas holiday traditions? What are the things you look forward to?
2: Uh we have a um a nice uh Christmas Eve dinner where we say what we're thankful for. And um sometimes something that people often take for granted and uh and my kids think about it, and uh, I learn a lot from um, what they reflect on um, over the last year.
0: That's a very nice tradition. Do you do any of the cooking?
2: I delegate.
0: <laughs> okay.
2: I wish I, I wish I could tell you I make the best tart uh, pasta in town, but that's not my thing.
0: Are you an enthusiastic eater?
2: Yes that that's I excellent. do not delegate.
0: That's very important. We have to have enthusiastic eaters at the table. I love to cook for my son Jonathan because no matter what I make, "Oh mom, it's the best. It's the best." So that's the best, right? I mean, you got to have if you're going to take the time to prepare, you have to have the enthusiastic eater at the table. And do you have the same traditional menu every year? What do you, what do you eat for for Christmas Eve?
2: I think we're moving away from turkey and more towards um you know, roast beef and chicken.
0: Oh, that's interesting. You're moving away from Turkey. I thought you were gonna say like you were going vegan or something.
2: Mm, that's Annie, <laughs> but she's outnumbered, thank goodness, in the rest <laughs> of our family.
0: Is Annie is Annie vegetarian? Is she vegan y vegetarian?
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, she is.
0: She's so tiny. I met her in person on the campaign trail. I was like, she's standing next to Susan Bicewitz. The two of them, I, I, my waistline is another half a waistline more than the two waistlines put together. <laughs> they are. She's <laughs> tiny, Annie. Has she always been they so both small? Have a
2: couple of hamburgers and, and Dick know. Blumenthal, too. <laughs>
0: That's true. That's Me left. Absolutely. We got to give them a burger or two. Oh, Listen, I admire people with that kind of discipline. I'm really just jealous. I'm just venting. I don't have that mm-hmm. kind of discipline. I'm going straight for the chocolate and the roast beef. We're chatting with Governor Ned Lamont, 203-333-9422. Thank you so much for coming on the show today with us. Do you have any kind of New Year resolution for yourself or that you wish for the people of the state of Connecticut?
2: I'll get out a little bit more. It's uh, sort of liberating. Um, you know, I got the election behind me. I'm about to turn 69. Um we can have some fun. I don't have to worry necessarily about what people are thinking in the next election. You can just uh, get out there, have some fun, and do what you think is right every day. Every day is a – if you have an opportunity at my age to make a difference, um, don't waste it.
0: When's your birthday?
2: January 3rd.
0: Oh, you're right after New Year's. You're a Capricorn. Oh, that's why you're so good with the money. Okay, now I get it. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway,
2: Lisa, ha- I hope you're doing something really fun for the holidays and um, give my best to your son.
0: I am. Thank you very much. I'm on my way down to Boca Raton. I'm going to see my mom. It's four weeks today since she had a stroke. And, uh, oh, my. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? She's doing okay. And uh, we're going to relieve the 24 7 care. And yours truly, I am going to be taking care of my mother for the next 10 days. And then we'll be reassessing and seeing how much she, care she needs coming out of it. But we're my parents' 65th wedding anniversary, Governor Lamont, is on Christmas Day. 65 years they're together. And we're taking them to the Keys. We're getting mom in the car, walk or wheelchair. We don't care. We're going away to get a change of scenery for a few days and just to be together. All the kids, all the grandkids and my mom and dad. That's what we're doing. It's pretty great,
2: oh. actually. I think that's a pretty nice present. She's going to love it.
0: She's going to love it. I wish the best to you and yours. Merry, Merry Christmas, Governor Ned Lamont, to you and Annie and the whole family.
2: Right back at you. Thanks, Lisa. Take care, everybody. Enjoy.
0: a call please do 203-333-9422 that was a really nice chat with Governor Lamont it's fun to hear about people's Christmas traditions so he has a Christmas tradition that's very Thanksgiving-y right where people get around the table on Christmas Eve and he gets to learn from spending that quality time with his own adult kids what they are thankful for maybe we'll do that Maybe we'll do that tradition. We're going to have to come up with some games. We're going to be all together for a bunch of days, and we're going to the Keys for six nights. So let's see how we last. Um, (laughs) This is going to be a very interesting kind of a situation. Um, Mommy's nurse is being relieved tomorrow, so I'm going to be the nurse. I just spoke to Jilly, my sister, tomorrow night, and then Friday, and then the rest of the time. And uh, I will probably be pretty tired <laughs> when I come back from my vacation. But a lot of it depends on how mommy is able to manage and navigate. So we will see. It's going to be a grand adventure. And it will be an adventure. You know what? I'll take some video. You want to come along with me? 203 333 9422. Come along with the zany wacko group that we are, the clan that we are. We have different last names, right? So my parents are Saul and Gloria Kamen. I am Wexler, of course. My sister is Jill Zarin. My daughter is Moss. Jonathan is still a Wexler, but, you know, we're different. We're de- Allie is Shapiro. We're a whole bunch of different names, different names, but like your family as well. 203-333-9422. 203-333-9422. Okay, let me see what else do I want to tell you about. Got a lot to talk about. We're gonna we're gonna end the show at eleven thirty today, so we'll probably come on. Andrew, what are we coming on with at eleven thirty? What are we replaying? Andrew, all right. Andrew's grabbing a phone someplace. Two oh three. I just want to know what are we grabbing at eleven thirty? What are we playing? Oh yeah, that's good. Yeah, we're gonna play. We're gonna play a. Uh, Chris Sarandon, who was on recently, and that was a fun conversation about food and his podcast. And we'll play uh, a replay of uh, Senator Blumenthal, who was just on this week. 203 333 9422. Let's go to Eve in Bridgeport. Eve, did I, did I resonate with you talking about controlling personalities?
2: Yes, yes, yes. Good morning. Good morning. How are you doing?
0: Okay, Eve, thank you for calling. I want to wish you a happy holiday. Thank you so much. We're going to turn to some other news stories. Governor Lamont continues a public health emergency for federal funds. He has also activated a severe cold weather protocol. Uh, Governor Lamont announcing today, the 20th, that based on a weather forecast, indicating that Connecticut may experience below zero wind chills over the weekend, He is activating what is called the Severe Cold Weather Protocol. It will begin on Friday night at 6 p.m. and remain in effect through 12 noon on Monday, December 26th. Uh, So what does that mean to have a severe weather protocol? Well, first of all, I think it means an alert to the rest of us that there's cold and then there's very cold. State agencies and municipalities are coordinating with the United Way 211 line that we spoke about earlier So hopefully you won't have to wait in line to get to a shelter, and hopefully we'll have more people manning 211 so that there'll be a shelter bed available for you. Uh, There is a Web EOC communications network, which is activated for first responders to share up-to-date information. And, hey, listen, the bottom line is we're having very cold weather. So what does that mean? That means that if you were thinking about spending too much time outdoors, you don't want to be. If it's severely cold, you can get frostbite sooner than you think. Make sure your face is covered. We're used to that with masks, not to mention scarves and gloves and hats and mittens. The whole country is going under this Arctic freeze, or most of the country is going under this Arctic freeze. United Airlines has already indicated that they're going to severely curtail flights for the next few days. So if you are flying, you probably want to watch it and make sure that your flight is still available to fly. 203-333-9422. There is a a couple of Alex Jones follow-up stories. A firm is investigating Alex Jones' $54 million debt that the Sandy Hook families are calling fraudulent. A Texas judge refusing this week, earlier on Monday, to put a limit on how much a forensic accountant may be paid while investigating the so-called fraudulent bankruptcy claim. What happened was Alex Jones's company, Free Speech Systems, filed for bankruptcy before any of the civil judgments were handed down in favor of the Sandy Hook families, who he defamed. And he himself filed for personal bankruptcy in early December, following other judgments totaling $1.5 billion. In any event, the families say, you know what, we're entitled to this money, and we don't think he should be able to discharge the debt in bankruptcy. The debt on which it was initially based was $54 million that was ostensibly, meaning they said it was, owed to a company called PQPR, which is another company that happens to be controlled by Alex Jones and members of his family. So the bottom line is that what they're saying is that you might have owed this $54 million to us, the creditors, the families on Sandy Hook, but instead what you did is you created, among your paperwork, a lie. You made it up. You said that your company owed $54 million to another company that you control. We think that's patently a sham. And we think you're doing it to divert money to stay into your family's control that would otherwise be money that should be paid to us, that we are owed as creditors of your claim. So the judge is looking at this and saying, you know what? Maybe. Maybe these families have a point. I'm going to hire what they call a forensic accountant, like a detective someone who's a detective with money, forensic, like a detective, to go in and really look at this money. What is this What is this so-called loan? Is it really a loan? Was there really this PQPR that extended money to free speech systems that is entitled to be paid back? Or was this made up or largely made up in order to prevent the families of Sandy Hook victims from getting the money that a jury and a judge said they were entitled to receive? The judge in the case is Christopher Lopez. He authorized a trustee to investigate the debt. Quote, the judge acknowledged there's a lot of red flags swirling around it and ordered the subchapter five trustee to investigate it. Incidentally, we did a pretty good interview. In other words, a pretty in-depth interview with Wilburn. What's her first name? I can't remember. What was her name, Wilburn? The. Um, What is it, Amy? Amy. Amy Wilburn. If you want to look at our podcast, you can find a conversation with Amy Wilburn, who is a bankruptcy lawyer based in Austin, Texas. And we spent a lot of time talking about this. Anyway, the bottom line is that right away Alex Jones said, you know what, we think there ought to be a limit on how much this forensic accountant can run up in fees to investigate us because we don't think we did anything wrong. And the judge said, no, I don't think so. We're not going to put a cap on how much he can get paid for doing his job. The fee for the accounting firm has to be paid by free speech systems from Alex Jones's people. And even though they argue they don't have the cash flow to pay it, um, the judge said, no, I don't think so. When you apply to get paid and your fee is, uh, fee is assessed, the court will decide after a hearing whether your fee is reasonable. But we're not putting a cap on it right now. See, what's happening in the Alex Jones case, big picture— is that things are spiraling out of Alex Jones's control, and Alex Jones is eventually going to have to pay a lot of money or go really bankrupt trying to avert the catastrophe of these judgments against him. But once the law is involved, once you've got jury verdicts in two states and judges that are affirming them, it's really hard to escape the long arm of the law when it comes to your money. Now, I don't know if Alex Jones has money in other countries. I, I don't know. Uh, he's not criminally indicted, so I don't think that you know anybody has stopped him from traveling or taking away his passport. This is, after all, money damages. This is not criminal activity. But we'll see. We'll see how what happens in the life and times of Alex Jones. But we're paying attention to it because because the people in our community care about it because they feel injured by his activities. two zero three 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 nine four two two. And in the meantime, the Greenwich Times is reporting that Alex Jones is, quote, out of money and needs a raise that his own lawyer said because he cannot make what he needs to, quote, survive. So his attorney, who's named Vicki Driver, pled for the court to approve a salary increase from the federal bankruptcy court. Right now, Jones is paid twenty thousand dollars every pay period or forty thousand dollars a month. He, in other words, four hundred and eighty thousand dollars a year. He wants to get a million dollars a month or a 1000000 a hundred thousand a month, or a million two a year. He thinks he's entitled to more or less a hundred percent increase in his salary. And uh, this is what was really funny. Jones's attorney, Vicki Driver, said in court that if Jones cannot make more money from free speech systems, he may be forced to cease working for the company. In other words, I, I find this hilarious because what does he do for the company? What he does is his InfoWars broadcast. And there is nothing that the Sandy Hook families want more than to see Alex Jones shut his mouth once and for all and not continue to spread the misinformation, lies, etc., that they accused him of making. So they would be extremely happy if in the end of this he said, I'm sorry, you're not paying me enough money. I don't want to do my show anymore. Because that's really what they would like to see happen in the end. They can't put the guy in jail. They know they're not going to get a billion dollars. But they would like to see him shut up. I'm Lisa Wexler. We'll be back for the next half hour of the Lisa Wexler Show coming right up. News, weather, and traffic at the top of the hour on December. What is it today? December 21st. Hey, is this the shortest day? It's the shortest day. Tomorrow we get more minutes. This is very exciting. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly
1: Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince.
0: Go to PrettyLitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please share it with your friends. And as always, feel free to contact me at Lisa at LisaWexler.com.